Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows. Hello and welcome to a Saturday morning edition of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamaline talking with co-host Austin Caphammer. And this is episode 18. We are talking all things Blazer basketball. The Blazers are up two games to one in the Western Conference semifinals against the Denver Nuggets, following a quadruple overtime thriller in Moda Center. The Blazers are tough, they are resilient, and they are making an historic run in the playoffs. This episode will be discussing the three games they've played so far against the Nuggets and what we can look forward to in the rest of the series. Austin, four overtimes, 1953 is the last time that happened in a playoff game, and the Blazers won it. So what were your thoughts on game three? Yeah, I mean, plenty of basketball to be watched. You know, I had a buddy make a kind of a long drive down here saying he was wondering if it was going to be worth it, and sure enough, he said he got more than enough basketball. You know, I kept my composure definitely through the first couple overtime or two, but after that, you know, almost every shot or every play was... I was I was up on my feet. Some people were would say they. I mean, I know the Moda Center was on their feet through the entire uh, four overtimes. It sounds like from what I read on social media. So that's just, you know, what a difference in. Not to be a hater here, but I'm going to be a hater. What a difference in, in crowds. Um, you know, that's been discussed here uh, through this series. You know, I think something somebody posted a picture of like Ticketmaster or something for for the Denver game and. You know, there was still a, a, a pretty serious amount of seats available, and, and you know, there were pictures of in-game seat availability, and, um, yeah, not really the case at the Moda Center, so that was yeah. that just crazy. You know, Rodney Hood, crazy. I was skeptical through the first shot, probably even the second one that he had there, but then, man... I, I, I think everybody felt like CJ in that press conference when he was, I don't know if you had the chance to see that video of him talking about that shot, but he's like, he's pretty, <laughs> I would say, giddy yeah. in, in, in <laughs> retelling that, that play. So, and you know what, that was just, that was just great. Cause they put Beasley in there who, by the way, shout out to Beasley. That dude has been the X factor for, for the Nuggets. Um, but he, he just pumped him out of his shoes and went flying right by and Rodney drilled that big shot. So, um, I mean, when it's, when it's four overtimes, anybody can be the man at that point. And you know what? Shout out Seth Curry for having three points, three points in the game and coming in in the fourth overtime and just knocking two down. Yep. Shout out Seth Curry. And you know what? Jokic, he, he missed that. He missed one of those free throws down the stretch too for them. So, um, just a lot, a lot transpiring uh, yesterday evening. Yeah, that game was just crazy. And 277 combined points. It's like 11th in all-time playoff combined score. Most since 2003. It's It was just a wild game. So, yep. man, I mean, Dame and, and- wasn't always on. He was 10 for 24 from the field. Uh, he, did, he did better than it looked. Um, I think, like stats-wise. Yeah. But, man, like he hit a couple good shots in the fourth, hit a couple in one or two of the overtimes. Uh, but he was he was struggling, so it was awesome to see the rest of the team come around him too. And after game two where Dame and CJ struggled, uh, it was great to be able to win another one with Dame still having some of those struggles, not being able to dominate the game. Obviously, still has a huge effect. Just hitting the, the shot in the first series, yeah. that 
draws out the defense further. So you got yeah. him playing defense as soon as he gets up to the three, you know, anywhere close to the three-point line. I mean, so. and even just off the ball, if you yeah. just watch, they were just trying to deny him the ball as, as much as they could. So being the ball handler that he is, he just kind of provides that at any time. But, man, CJ, CJ was definitely on something else last night. That was That was awesome, man. That was awesome. Yeah, he usually doesn't finish around the basket like that. Quite that easy. I mean, he don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He still got the I think majority of his shots from the field. That's too bad that one uh, deep two had his foot on the line. But he was that floater right around the rim. You know, through almost in, in the midst of contact or right, just getting right into enough space and traffic. He was he was looking good from all over the floor last night. I, I I'd be I need to see a, a shot chart. I think that'd be interesting to see from him. But last night, yeah. So he ended up with forty-one or forty-three. Forty-one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And it was just it was just crazy because he had that. We we're talking about the steal that he had on Jamal Murray, and oh yeah, he is defending Jamal Murray. It's it's the third overtime. Blazers were up four earlier in the fourth uh, third overtime, and it looked like okay, this might be the time that a team breaks away. But then the Nuggets had an eight-point swing. They're up 129-125, and he was either there or right after the Blazers had scored two. But CJ is playing, you know, clutch defense, wraps his arm behind Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. and taps the ball out of bounds. And everyone, you know, there's no one who thinks that's off Jamal Murray. Nobody. In the Moda Center, we were just talking about it, didn't even make any noise. Yeah, and then the replay comes up, and CJ saying, replay it. And the ball rolled off Jamal Murray's fingers. And it was just insane. Like, there's no way that any other steal really goes like that. Because when you steal a ball like that, it's in mid-bounce. It's not going to touch the other player. And what it, like, somehow, how, like how did, how did he wrap his arm around him like that without making any contact? That's like Mr. Fantastic yeah. stretchy man status. Seriously, you know it was just like, it was such an anomaly. And it's one of many factors that had to go right for the Blazers to win this game, and it happened, and it, it was just a huge game. So, yeah, I mean, he somehow got his hand in there, tapped it out of bounds, got it to still touch Murray again, and CJ was able to draw his arm back instantly mm-hmm. so that he wasn't still touching it. It was just so ridiculous. And then in the fourth overtime, CJ was making shots again, and he went up for a shot one time, and then he gets the offensive rebound, just pure intensity and focus on his face. Mm-hmm. And he chucks the um, ball out to Rodney Hood before he even hits the ground. He's mm-hmm. midair, catch and pass. Rodney Hood's open at the three-point line. Will Barton runs up, tries to block him, runs right past oh. him. Rodney sidesteps to the right. It was Bar- It was on Barton? I thought it was on Beasley. No, it was on Barton. Oh, but okay. Beasley, Beasley was good for the Nuggets, the whole series. Oh, man. Tor- Dude, they they have, man, those three guys that I always think about is Tory Craig, uh, Monte Morris, and uh, the person we literally just said his name three seconds ago. Beasley. Beasley. Those guys, like, they've been putting in work. I mean, I remember when I was in Denver, I got to see them in a scrimmage, and those three were making three-pointers, they were making athletic plays, they were running the floor, and it's really cool to see them get all this playing time and play really well. But it sucks as a Blazers fan because I'm like, man, we need to be able to capitalize yeah. on these guys. Tory Craig, man, he's he's uh, he's something else, especially playing with uh, that that busted nose and performing like he still is. He's he's definitely a, a workhorse, man. He does a lot of things for them. Yeah, I'm I'm super impressed by the Nuggets. I mean, we were talking the 
you know, Paul Millsap was just backing down defenders. And He's old school, man. Just, yeah, and in a lot of ways, our lineup made sense at the end of the game because um, when, when Jokic, well, even when Jokic was playing, we started playing a small lineup, so we didn't have Cantor in for the entire fourth overtime, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, you know, the four starters and Rodney Hood. So we had Aminu on Jokic or whoever they had after that. They put in Beasley later on, so they, you know, we switched up the lineup. But mm-hmm. it was Mo and Aminu on the big men. And in a lot of ways it made sense, and it was good for offense, and it was good to um, prevent three-pointers. Yeah. But, man, Paul Milsa. Millsap was able to back down Mo Harkless pretty easily, but Mo was Mo was playing as good of defense as he could, and yeah. so it was just a lot of really impressive basketball. A few mistakes, a few errant passes on either end, but it was really fun basketball to watch. Well, speaking of, speaking of Mo, you know he definitely played through his injury, but do you see Ennis Cantor playing through his in this this coming game for? <clears throat> well, I, I think that's. The, the big the big thing about this game three is it was obviously a marathon and Nikola Jokic played I think it was 65 minutes the most for a seven footer in NBA history yeah and Cantor apparently like reseparated his shoulder yeah. like I I don't I don't know the anatomy of any of that but he's still injured and maybe still can play I don't know mm. and then Mo Harkless did get taken out of the game. Like halfway through the fourth overtime, the fourth yeah. <laughs> referring to overtime. It was funny when they referred to an overtime as a quarter. I was like, actually, now it's a fifth. Oh, now it's a sixth. Now seven. Oh, uh, <laughs> but man, like, yeah. I mean, Mo was taken out. They brought in Seth Curry because Mo was like cramping up. Well, actually, they brought in Rodney before that. So I think it was when they took out Cantor. So Mo must have came out before Cantor. Sorry, I'm uh, verbally processing right now. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a big deal if Cantor can't play, that's for sure. Well, and as somebody as somebody who's dislocated their shoulder three times and had separated it multiple Ooh. times previous to that, I could say it's definitely not an easy injury to come back from. Um, and especially if you're going over your head, it almost feels like you're, you have no stability in a joint. So if it's in his left yeah. shoulder and he's reaching up for rebounds, all it takes is somebody grabbing the top of his hand maybe and like pulling his arm backwards for his already separated twice shoulder to just fully dislocate, mm-hmm. you know, Gosh. because it's, he's, uh, he's, he's already, it's already weak and he's putting, yeah. he's constantly try- going to be putting his arm in a position where, um, it's going to be susceptible to coming out of socket or, or separating further or dislocating ultimately if he keeps doing overhead stuff like that. So that just concerns me a little bit because I think that a canter with a second time separated shoulder is still a much worse situation than Jokic overweight after seven game series after four overtimes with still 47 hours of rest. The human body is pretty amazing, especially for a professional athlete. It's not amazing enough to tighten up a shoulder in the matter of two nights, but Mm -hmm. it is amazing enough to give somebody at least another good two to three solid quarters of their all-star level game. And if we only have Myers and Zach to play, I just, uh, I just hope that Zach watches a lot of film on how Ennis has switched and um, has also taken part in a lot of those, a lot of that practice and, 
because um, Ennis has Ennis has been outstanding on that end of the floor, and they don't give, we don't we haven't given him enough credit versus you yeah. know how 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 he was discussed pre playoffs and uh, post Nurkic uh, leg snap. Yeah, and and I don't want to trivialize it all. Ennis Cantor has been amazing. He's no. done so much for this team, and he just loves playing with Damian Lillard. He loves playing in Portland. This guy's just amazing. So we need to give him all the support in the world. If he can't play, you know, that's not on him. I mean, he's given us so much more than we, you know, than he needs to. Yeah. Um, and going into a contract year, the fact that he's beaten up his body like that is just remarkable. Yeah. And so thankful that he's doing it. You know, he's just just a champ. Yeah. So um, really hoping that things can go as well as possible in these playoffs to reward the hard work the Blazers have been putting in. Uh, but Man, Ennis Cantor, that guy is just killing it. And and you're right. I mean, he's still hands up defense all the time, yeah. even with that shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, this game four is must win for the Nuggets for sure. For us, it's practically must win. I mean, yeah. if you win this, you there's extremely low chances you lose the series. Now, potentially, if you know Ennis is injured and Jokic mm-hmm. starts turning it on. Um, I mean, Jokic has been on the whole time. I mean, he I, I saw a stat. He was plus five in his 65 minutes last night. He played all but, what was it, four minutes? Oh, wow. Yeah, four minutes of the game last night. Wow. And so he did everything in his dang power to win that game. And in the four minutes that the coach had to rest him, I mean, obviously you don't have to, but, like, if you want to win the series, you probably need to give him some sort of a break. Yeah. Um, it's just insane. Like, that dude plays hard he's a monster yep. um obviously he got fatigued and fouled damian lillard in a even even just his regular regulation stats they were like 30 14 yeah. and 12 like that's unbelievable so crazy, dude. that's unbelievable that's so that's that's not a russell westbrook triple double where it's like he's just like hey make sure you give me the rebounds like hey you know i'm gonna carry the ball 35% of our more possessions, you know, just the whole, for the most of the, like, half-court offense. Like, this is, this man just, like, I mean, yeah, there, there are set plays for him, and he'll run it, but, like, he's just effective in so many different ways, man. He, he's he got a better three ball than, than Westbrook, mm-hmm. not to just keep coming at him, but, <laughs> you know, he there was a time, I want to say, in, like, the third quarter of regulation where my buddy first showed up and he made one of his ladder threes and i was like dude he's been on all game and he's like really he's made a couple more i'm like yeah he's made like three of those dude he has just put three of them down three or four of those down in regulation and um you know there's a couple times too where the ball's just bouncing around on the rim and nobody can grab it nobody and he's just like or you know um tory craig or will barton came flying in they had so how many offensive rebounds did they have last night they had to have won that battle they had to have won that battle because, I mean, unless things really changed down the stretch and I wasn't paying too much attention to the glass, but it seemed like definitely in regulation um, and early overtime, they were just getting any any rebound they wanted. To. Yeah, we, we were tied at 24 apiece in offensive rebounds, and then they wow, had Wow, yeah, so we must have definitely rebounds. had a swing at some point or maybe even just stacked them early. But um, that was... Yeah. It felt like they were getting every rebound. Maybe it was just like maybe it was just the ones that we felt like yeah. we should have got, and maybe it just went both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Yeah. Yeah. Felt kind of disheartening at times. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was watching with um, some guys. I had some guys over at my house, and we were, like, playing Halo and stuff, like some throwbacks, and uh, and I was like, dude, like, the Blazers game's on. Let's, like, take a break from this and watch the fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter became overtime, double overtime, triple, quadruple overtime. Oh, man. And these guys, they're not basketball fans. They like the Blazers, but that's it. And they were losing their minds, and they're all like, man, I'm a Blazers fan now. Like, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen, like – it was so awesome to get to watch all these guys who like don't have that much interest to be like, oh my gosh, the game of basketball can be amazing, you know. So it was. Oh, I've 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 turned so many of my friends here in in uh, Phoenix to to Blazers fans. It's hilarious. That's a great it's a great team to follow, man. Yeah, it's a great team to follow. I mean, it's it's like a it's a new guy every night. If it's it, it is it's a total culture, you know, and it's not like a. It's not like a like a Lakers ribbing. We're gonna just keep messing with each other. Culture. It's like a you know everybody has their contributions. Everybody, you know, it's 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 almost even hard to make personalities in this team. Yeah. But it's like you you see them obviously, and each of these guys has their own personality. But like, um, they're just such they're professionals, man. They're, yeah. They just all go about it like professionals. I can't I can't name one guy on our team that it's just is like unprofessional you know what i mean yeah in any in any sense of the word Definitely. i mean um obviously not literally they're these are all professional basketball players but um <laughs> you know even evan turner as like as like a jokester is one of the more you know just give me my respect guys yeah and on and knows a lot about the game you know he he tweets all the time about you know give give these old guys you know like jared dudley their respect like these guys (laughs) these guys have deserved it they've been in the league they've done things that like some of you guys don't even know about like or don't obviously don't want to care to show you know he's i don't know and and that's he's he's the he's what maybe the wildest guy on the team and he's still a professional yeah dude i mean i mean like zach collins has maybe his immature moments maybe more so on the court but, but and many people yeah. I think and I and honestly trying to be objective I think most people would say that he's a fiery guy and mm-hmm. that provides something to our team yeah but and he doesn't seem like even when he gets like that like he's never been in a press conference and been like he's a joke or you yeah. know like anything like that like it stay like you said it stays you on know, the court yeah he has his role you know and Evan Turner I mean if somehow there's anyone listening to this podcast that does not follow Evan Turner he's a fun follow so yeah. uh i enjoy following him on twitter he's a good one yes absolutely do yourself do yourself a favor and, and do that if you haven't already yeah dude man so this game four coming up it's you know like i said must win i i think if i'm hoping that the canter injury is being played up i've heard people say like oh stots and ennis canter are, are playing up the injury so that the nuggets don't know what to expect or to try to throw him off and because like before other games where they're like always oh, questionable questionable we don't know if he's gonna play other players were saying like oh yeah he's playing tonight so yeah uh man i hope it's like that but if if we don't have him in game four it's gonna be really critical yeah i, think I don't know man i think i think that would take a lot for him to be posting like the pictures that he's posted and stuff and that and yeah that, that would be pretty uh I I, don't, I wouldn't know how to feel about that. Yeah, but man, I I, I just think 
if we if he, if there's any way he can play in game four there, there's no indication that he can't right now as far as i know unbelievable but if he can play in game four they need to play him and they need to do everything they can to win it i think after game four if you win it you, you start zach collins and you have ennis Cantor available if you yeah. need him. um because i think we just need to get him rest as much as possible but we first need to worry about winning the I would, series i would probably agree um, with that statement yeah because and and it'll be good to get Zach Collins playing time. You know. Speaking so, of rest, uh, speaking of rest, quick little side note: my buddy that was over last night goes, we were deep into the fourth uh, fourth overtime, and he goes, you know what? If I was Terry Stotts, and he always just tosses out lame takes, but he's <laughs> like, if I was Terry Stotts, I would just sub in one of these fresh guys. Like, uh, oh goodness, who did he say? I, I want to say he said like Layman or something like that. He's like, oh, yeah. sub in Layman, you know, like we're. You know, just spice it up. Just throw someone in there that's got fresh legs. And I was like, dude, whatever. Like, this isn't this isn't Bush yeah. League. Like, this is fourth overtime game three Western Conference semifinals. And sure <laughs> enough, he subs in Rodney Hood. But I even I even skipping down. I the even court. said to my buddy though, I was like, well, you know, that wasn't just like, hey, we're, we're tired of Mo Harkless. We're putting in Rodney Hood. That was Mo Harkless's mm-hmm. ankle thing bothering him down the stretch there. Uh, and he he was he was you know making note of that in his body language so um but yeah it was uh i think that was that was just so funny to see that happen right after he said it. he goes i was like ah oh, it's rodney hood like he'll he'll play good defense he'll match up with jamal and he'll he'll lock him down but dude he just ah sorry a quick little rodney hood rant right there so happy yeah, just dude. so happy you know and i was i was Seriously. the one who was a hater before the playoffs started when we were talking about free agent moves in the in the in the, in the offseason i was like you know if it depends on the on the playoffs because one of these guys can perform one of these guys won't and i think seth has performed all right not really super in this series but he did better in in the yeah. first series a little bit but rodney's definitely turned it on and so is ennis it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see how that all shakes out for us man yeah, it's it's just tough for Seth to get his minutes because if he's playing, then Dame or CJ is out of the game, or it's a weird scenario like quadruple overtime. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it's if if you're taking out CJ, you probably would rather put in Hood because of his defense. So it, it takes a you know specific scenario to get Seth Curry playing time and with Dame and CJ ahead of him. So it's uh, it's just tough for him yeah. to get in his flow. But, yep, and I think uh, I think it'll be I think Denver might actually be a better defensive team than the Warriors. I mean they're playing like it for sure. I, I think I think that I like the matchup of Curry. They usually put Clay on on Dame, but I mean just I like I like that matchup in the backcourt better with us. And I like it with Ennis. Um So you're talking about the Warriors? Yeah, I mean you know what? Screw yeah. it. Let's look ahead. Let's look yeah. ahead, right? I mean, and they're going to take that series. I, I think that yeah. that's kind of pretty much on lock now. I can't remember the exact what – what are they up? 2-1 on the Rockets right now? 2-0. Two, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, the Rockets have even got one. I think they probably play tonight, huh? I think so. Yeah, so that would be on the fourth, by the way. So just FYI to everybody listening here. Since we're not live from yep. New York. Tonight. It's Saturday morning. <laughs> exactly. Dude, but – yeah, I mean, Warriors, Clay's guarding Dame, unless yeah. CJ just continues to go off. Maybe they put him on CJ. But, yeah, and then Seth, uh, Seth will probably get some playing time. Uh, Seth versus Steph for a bit, maybe. 
maybe Seth versus uh, Quinn Cook if he gets some playing time. Yeah, but yeah, I like um, I like how our wings are being tested. Their defense has been phenomenal in many ways. I mean, they've you know had their moments, but they've played really well. I mean, Mo Harkless doing everything he can against Paul Millsap. I mean, this is all going to be great practice against Kevin Durant. And you know, I don't. I'm not that scared of Draymond Green on offense, but yeah, I mean, against Kevin Durant and all the other guys, you know, I mean, it's pretty much Kevin and the shooters. So right, I, right. I think if we if we have a healthy Ennis, we have a really good shot. Considering yep. they don't have Demarcus. Yeah, and I mean on Looney, yeah, and yeah, like you said, they don't have Demarcus. Um, and I mean, yeah, the Rockets aren't going to take that series. So now no. it's just really. When are we closing this out? Are we? I mean, are we going to close this thing out? Please. You know. Yeah, because if the Nuggets win this next one, they they still now have home court advantage. We have to win another yeah, one in Denver. So and that's that's going to be that would be tough. Yeah, but Which but is, they'd have to win four out of five games now. Question question though, how how crazy is it that we're we're hearing all this crazy stuff about uh, Denver's uh, audience and capacity, but then at the end of that round one matchup. Uh, people were saying it was due to that crowd noise and that crazy crowd that um, you know the Spurs didn't foul or something like that. It's like, did Denver fans just show up to Game Sevens or or what? Well, it's tough because when I've been at Denver Nuggets games in the Pepsi Center, it's they're not in it like Blazers fans whatsoever. They, it's a lot of you know crowd noise from the speakers and then sometimes people get in on it but it's really not that much now i went to a an overtime game where dame hit a buzzer beater to send it to overtime dame hit a buzzer beater to win it and in that game the crowd got in it pretty well so on a normal game they're not really in it but i mean just like anywhere else if there's you know twenty thousand people in the same arena and they're excited about something like all it takes is for you know yeah. one or two people in your section yeah. to get pumped to try to get everyone else pumped and they're like okay everyone's standing everyone's cheering all right i'm in it so i don't think they're nearly as in it or you know even at their loudest they're probably not as loud as the blazers fans but more, they can still get more of the story we sure. don't we don't want to lose home court advantage at this point we don't know i mean last night so many factors went into us winning that if if the nuggets don't go to seven games in the first series like, I don't think they lose last night because they were so close to winning at so many points. Ugh. It took everything. Jamal Jamal Murray is the... certified. Jamal Murray is certified, man. There were a couple shots Dude. that he made, I think, down the stretch in regulation where, oh, there were two back-to-back ones on the left side of the uh, of the court for them, and uh, he just stepped back, I think, on Ennis Cantor back-to-back possessions and just wetted them both, just right on him, uh, sized them up just bottom of the net and yeah. he was he's just so what a what a what a what a frame man he's huge yeah he's a huge guy mm-hmm. and he's got the moves i saw there was a nasty little handle he had there too they the espn showed a replay uh he broke down i think it was cj off a screen um gosh he just he's solid man and i think it's only his second or third year right jamal murray yeah it's his fourth, oh, okay. I maybe fifth, maybe even fifth. Yeah, not second. What am I thinking? Gosh, I've been watching. I mean, basketball he's still for young though. Now. I mean, I, I saw him three years ago. It's not his fifth. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Really? Twenty sixteen. So this is 
see, 2016, 17, 17, 18, 18. This is only his third? Yeah, see, look at that. Oh, because he's younger than Gary Harris. I was I was mixing up him and Gary Harris. They were one draft apart from yeah. each other. So it is his third year, Gary Harris's fourth. That's crazy, man. He's a third-year player. Yeah. That's The Nuggets, that's what they were saying last night. The Nuggets are like the fifth youngest or something. I'm, I'm just yeah. talking on my neck right now. But they're like one of the youngest playoff uh, contending teams of all time. Average age is like 25 or something like that. or I can't remember. But Blazers are super young too. Yeah. Let me see. NBA youngest teams. Because uh, Evan Turner is our oldest player and he's 30. So. Huh? Yeah, you know, I was just thinking before we started this thing today, you know, how long can Blazers continue this level of success? Like, do you, do you get to the Western Conference Finals, and then are you are you saying preseason that we are a we are a contender, we're contending for the finals? Like every every year you say you are looking for the finals, but like the Blazers do a very good job of not just like making these hyperbolic like predictions like in preseason like some other other teams do, you know? Um, yeah. So like, at what point do you start saying like, hey, we're we are looking for our, our next piece? You know, we we just need one more piece, and we're gonna win a finals. We're the Blazers. Yeah. We're gonna be in it the next two to four years. Like when do, when does when is that being said? Because like sustained success can is achievable even in a small market. You know. Um, yeah. So, so real quick, I just, I'm just gonna jump back to the age thing. Yeah. Uh, start of this season, it shows Denver is the youngest and Portland is the second youngest. Now there were mid-season acquisitions we got rodney hood and ennis Cantor, who were both 26 so that just barely puts us up i'm sure but yeah i mean we're one of the youngest for sure still yeah so that's that's pretty wild to have two of the youngest teams in the nba right now yeah playing like they are and and the energy i mean young people have more energy than old people for the most part you know so <laughs> yeah yeah i <laughs> Not mean 29 we'll, year olds old but you know we'll see um i think I mean, I wonder. I'm curious what the Warriors' average age is, if that's if that's quickly accessible for you. But um, yeah, start a season. They are. Mi- they must be middle of the pack. Where they at? <laughs> Golden State. Ah, uh, they're Andre- seventh, seventh oldest, twenty seven. Yeah, because I, I mean they got like Livingston, Iguodala. Um, yeah, they got a couple different guys. So sometimes that can help, yeah. man. Some of that experience can can help so oh definitely i mean here's the thing and let's just be let's just let's just be out out there right now okay if the blazers somehow close this thing out go to the western conference finals steal a game in oakland and close it out in six or seven it's a finals it's a finals championship right everyone's 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 asking for one everyone's thinking for one but I mean, I wouldn't even say thank you for one. But everyone's wanting one, obviously. But like, if you can be—that's the thing. Like, we're, the finals aren't necessarily the finals. Is what, I guess what I'm trying to say here. The finals are well, the Western Conference Finals. The finals are still going to be a, a playoff game. You're going to be playing one of the better teams out of the East, and that can be a really difficult matchup with Giannis, uh, you know, Kawhi, uh, the 76ers, the Celtics—all great teams. But like. I would say if you win the Western Conference Finals, what's what's stopping you at that point? What's stopping you uh, if you're the Blazers? I mean, if it goes to seven and the Eastern Conference team won in four or five, that's a big factor. I don't think I it. No, but right. really, I mean, do you really think that's going to happen given everything that's occurring in in, in the Eastern uh, Conference playoffs right now? I would say. Uh, I would. I mean, I would say it's I think going they're to probably six going to seven. six or seven. Yeah. 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 But 
But man, I I say if you, if I you just can beat see the Warriors, like, that's just destiny at that point. If we're in the finals, we better win the finals. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean we better, that's for sure. Like, but man, I I just see us facing off somehow stopping Kevin Durant and then we have Giannis Antetokounmpo and our wings are just gassed and they just can't do it. I don't know. Wow. But, you know, I Dark. predicted last episode Blazers Bucks finals, Blazers win it. So, I am all in with you on that idea. But I see plenty of reasons why we don't win the finals after beating the Warriors. Wow. Well, I guess we'll uh, see you once we beat the Warriors. Yeah, I'm stoked, man. Um, but like you were saying, you're saying, when are we like one piece away, that kind of thing? Uh, I think with the way we're playing right now, we are as as good of a free agent destination as we can be with having zero cap space. Yeah. Like, the Thunder aren't getting free agents that want to go there for cheap. You know, if if anyone's coming here, it's you know it's Warriors, Blazers, and maybe a couple of the Eastern Conference teams that low lower end free agents that are gonna be near minimum yeah. are gonna want to go there. Yeah. So, I'm I'm excited for what that looks like, but also I'm excited for tr- sign and trade opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know that there's gonna be one. I think a lot of people are looking at New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, Watch out for Dallas. LA Clippers. Watch out for Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, but um, I mean, if, if there's anyone that's like, man, I want to go to Portland, it's like, we can make it happen. Like, if somehow someone's like, man, Damian Lillard is like changing these people's lives up there. This is an amazing city. They come around Portland Trailblazers basketball. I I think that it's possible that someone asks for a sign-and-trade to Portland. Yeah, I mean, I would then, say, I, would, I was just telling my buddy the other night that this has like been one big advertisement. This postseason has been one big advertisement for the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> In that yeah, regard. Dude. And and I mean it's it's also possible, um I mean I'd have to look into the rules on trading versus free agency, but I think it's possible that we can find a way to trade away some salary so that we can re sign some of these guys. Yeah. I mean maybe it's possible uh now that Myers will be an expiring contract that's an extra ten million. Um obviously it's different than just ten million with the way taxes work, but yeah, I mean we might be able to do something to retain some of these guys, honestly. So we'll just have to see how it goes. And I mean, I would love to, you know, I, I don't want to say I'd love to because it's tough. But uh, Kevin Love and Blake Griffin, those are two guys. And I mean, even Lamarcus, if we can get Lamarcus for the right deal to have him, and he's not really too costly. You know, he's not. Yeah. Yeah, if he's not too costly, and he's because that would be that'd be a pretty nasty matchup with seconds if now. you had him and uh Nurkic on the floor at the same time and you had him to spread Dude, the floor because yeah and that's and like then, perfect spacing I, I talked with matt uh earlier this week that's perfect spacing for the blazers you got Nurkic doing everything you got lamarcus who can make threes he can make any mid-range and then you have aminu or harkless starting with danger then you have and ennis it's, and it's, rodney coming off the bench team. yep dude that'd be amazing so one other thing I want to talk about, I saw a tweet from Casey Holdall saying these might be the best two games in a row in a single venue in NBA history because the last shot at the Moda Center was the shot by Damian Lillard to win the game against the Thunder, win the series. And then last night we had quadruple overtime. That was Pretty the last two games that have been there. Like, isn't that just insane? I mean, I... I saw Brandon Sprague said 
maybe um, maybe like Ray Allen's shot with the Heat against the Spurs, maybe that is the best. But I don't know what else happened in that series. I think that was Game Seven, so it was yeah. a really big deal in a really tight series. But yeah, I just uh, actually that was Game Six because because of yeah. that they were able to take it to Game Seven, I believe. But man, that was just. It's crazy to think about, like, two insane games in a row in Moda Center, hoping that they can have even more success and amazing games coming up. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think, like we discussed earlier, uh, it's going to be, I'm going to be following the the storyline of Cantor's um, recovery and status here very, very closely. Definitely, and uh, hopefully Zach Collins can step in in whatever way we need him to, and uh, I'm looking forward to Rodney Hood hopefully getting more playing yeah time. i'm not gonna say respect or appreciation I, I think he's gotten plenty um i think this team respects him terry stotts respects him and i'm just hoping he can keep it up i think that uh he's a good fit against this denver team so we'll we'll be seeing how playing time goes with mo harkless and his canter potential injuries so absolutely yeah well hey everybody thanks for listening us listening to us here this uh, afternoon evening morning whenever uh you happen to uh grab our podcast make sure to subscribe and follow us on peeps and plaid on twitter and instagram as always thank you to ziggy zay for the tunes the intro and outro music um, and go blazers and they can't take your spot hesitate when you in a high class gotta separate i ain't got time for you featherweights i'm just trying to get my weight up make it elevate yeah hesitate took a long time to hit accelerate if you ain't got the drive then you better wait but i've been had the drive just need better brakes uh hesitate when you in a high class gotta separate i ain't got time for you feather weights i'm just trying to get my way to make it elevate yeah hesitate T- took a long time to hit accelerate if you ain't got the drive then you better wait but i've been had the drive just need better brakes uh hit him with the <laughs> as he cp3 blow by get ready can't take my place now nah, wait too heavy and the way you moving now look a bit unsteady See, I know a lot of clowns, but I thought through my moves and it's gonna go down. See, I got the engine running and they hate that sound, cause they know I'm on the move. Ain't no way I'm gonna lose, cause I never gotta prove myself. They've been bruising my health, so I had to move on. Might have took too long, but it's done, been dealt. Gonna take off like I got no belt. Gonna get hot, yo, the blow might melt. So I gotta elevate to a higher place. Empire mind state when I'm on. Wanna escape in Patron, but escape in my zone. I'm fly, get my cape, and I'm gone. gone.